Welcome to the Roundtable, the show that brings you the latest in the worlds of football, basketball, and gambling. Now, let's get to it. Here are your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome into the Roundtable. I'm Brad Wakai. That is my co-host, Tyson Gentry. We're back with our last edition of the NFL Draft Dive today. Teams 29 through 31. And you may be like, what? There's 32 teams in the NFL. What's going on? The Miami Dolphins got their first round draft pick stripped away. And so we are going to be ending it with the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, who have the last pick of the first round in this year's draft. Tyson, we have uh, covered a ton of stuff leading up to the draft. It's it's interesting type of like when we started and kind of like the things that have changed. Um, that's why next week we're going to really kind of put a bow on everything, kind of update everybody where things are at, and then we'll give out so many picks as we get closer and closer. But man, it's uh, it's been quite a journey for us. Yeah, it's been it feels like we've been talking about this for a long time. It's only in reality, Brad, been like four or five weeks <laughs> that right. we've been doing this. <laughs> it feels like ever since as soon as February ended, right? We were just like right in the draft season, but now we have. We're 10 days away, um, something like that, from the first round of the NFL draft, which, like, I love. How do you handle watching the draft? Because I'm kind of a sicko. Like, I'll sit I'll sit there for five hours. Like, it's, it's oh, that, ridiculous. Oh, that's what I do. It's so yeah, dumb I, of me. No, I love it. I love doing that. And I'll have the double screens up, too. Like, I'll have the actual draft stuff, and then I'll have, like, instant analysis on the other smaller laptop. <laughs> Dude, we're sickos. That's disgusting. They're in like they go directly to my phone, right? That's the thing. So I'm watching, and then like I see the pick, and then my phone buzzes. So I could be doing anything productive and get the information the exact same amount of time, but it's like a tradition. You want to, I don't know. We sit there and then we overanalyze, and then like it doesn't really matter. Oh, and I love writing down like my instant thoughts too. Like that's what I'll do. Like I'll, I'll like scratch something down. Like ooh, interesting, because you know obviously we got to put out a podcast, giving our take. <laughs> given our opinions and things like that. So I'll have like instant, like little scratch, like, mm, I like it. Or I'm curious. I mean, didn't see him going this route or, or whatever. The yeah. case may be. But we got, we got uh, some interesting teams to cover in this one here, Tyson. In our, in our last episode, the New Orleans saints, let's jump into them picking here at 29. Now this is from the Denver Broncos. They traded their own first round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles that the Eagles are now picking at 10. Um, so the Saints wanted to get back into the first round, get some draft capital here, and they were they were they were able to move back in. And I think the Saints are in an interesting spot. So they obviously go out and get Derek Carr to be their quarterback. They think that they can win this division, obviously, with Brady retiring, the Panthers going through a rebuild, and we're not quite sure how the Falcons are really gonna perform. You know, like they have some pieces, they have some guys, but it feels like they're missing a ton. So it looks like the Saints are like, screw it, let's let's get back into the playoffs. Um, I think, I think they do have a lot of holes on this team. It's an aging defense. I think they need to target defensive backs as a need. I think their defensive line is something that needs to be looked into. I originally had running back, but you know, they go out and get, um, J- Jamal, Jamal Williams. Oh, geez. Yeah. J- Jamal Williams, uh, Jamal Murray. I was going to say that NBA is on my brain. Yeah. Jamal Williams. So <laughs> it's like, it's a nice little stopgap there. And obviously there's questions about Alvin Kamara. But I, I really think defensive back and defensive line is something that they should be targeting in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after losing Marcus Davenport, right? Like, uh, you know, now you're kind of relying on Cam Jordan. We don't know 
like how close the cliff is. It feels every year like we get closer and closer, but then he comes out and performs. So it's a little, it's kind of a tough deal with that guy. But uh, luckily for them, um, this is a draft that I think there's going to be some uh, corners and edge rushers probably available at the end of the first round that you can talk yourself into, whether that's uh, Keon White or uh, like take your pick, Miles Murphy, whoever else on the edge. And then like for corners, you know, again, there'll be a handful of guys, but like Emmanuel Forbes, everyone thinks is probably going to be here around this range. So they, they have guys, Brad. It's just, what impact are you getting in this class from the back end of the first round? Because this has been the ultimate, the most heralded draft class, right? I mean, this is the golden goose for everybody that's out there doing the scouting from yeah. the time these kids are in high school. And the back half feels kind of weak. Like it feels like a lot of the guys at the beginning, middle of the second from 25 or so onward to 50. It feels like we have a lot of the same style prospects. Yeah. And I think, when, you, when you're looking for a first-round draft pick, you're looking for an impact player immediately. Like, somebody who's going to come in and and be able to impact your team right away. Like, that's why you're giving up that draft – or that's why you have that draft capital. That's why these players get those fifth-year options. That's that's honestly why a lot of these smart managers in the back end of the first round trade that pick out, and they just go and get a player in the second or third round because you don't have to pay them as much money, and they say the value really is in the second round. I don't know if the Saints are going to do that, to be completely honest. It feels like they wanted to have a player selected in the first round here. Felt like they could get somebody on the back end that's going to come in and do that for them. I mean, I'm looking at a Will McDonald, if I'm the Saints, like somebody on that back end that you can kind of build into rushing the passer. You know, maybe he doesn't impact immediately, but I think down the road in, in one or two years, he's going to be somebody who's ready to impact this game immediately. I saw Daniel Jeremiah had Michael Mayer going here. I don't think he falls this far, but – if I'm the Saints, I'm not looking at a tight end, man. I'm looking at defensive defensive backs, defensive linemen, whoever the whoever is on the top of my board that's still sitting at 29 from that position itself, I'm taking. Well, the reality is like they have three or four positions on this entire roster are like solidified for sure going into next year. Like that's the guy. And then I think they have a lot of, they could use an infusion of talent pretty much everywhere. So uh, they just kind of were like, dude, we have to be in the first round. I don't, we got to get something like we screwed up Like Olave is good, but we screwed up. So 29 uh, is fine, but uh, ideally they'd like to have stayed at 10. That was a bit of a fumble. A hundred percent. And so let's, let's move into our team. The Philadelphia Eagles, now this is their own pick, obviously, appearing in the Super Bowl. You know, they had the, the 10th pick from the New Orleans Saints, so they get a double up here. Now, I'm going to start by saying this. I fully expect the the Eagles to trade out of this and Howie Roseman to trade out of this pick, and we set it at 10. It's just what he does. So if he gets a guy that he really wants at 10, I think that he's looking to recoup a lot of, a lot of different assets here, Tyson, because – Besides, this this is what they're sitting at, 10, 30, 62, 94 in the first three rounds. They don't have another pick until the seventh round in this year's draft. So it would be classic Howie Rose when I try to accumulate some picks and some draft capital in the middle of this year's draft. I actually do think this is a pretty deep draft overall where you can find good players that are in those day two, day three ranges. And so that could be something here. But if I'm if I'm drafting here, if I'm the Eagles, I'm drafting an offensive lineman at 30. We know Lane Johnson's on the back nine. We definitely know Kelsey's rounding the corner and getting ready to the clubhouse at some point here. So the the success that's kind of driven the Eagles to their Super Bowl and to this run was by having the lead offensive line. And I think that needs to be on the forefront of this front office and coaching staff. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, 100%. If you look at the roster, uh, Jordan Mulata will be around for a while. Landon Dickerson will be around for a while. You think uh, um, Cam Jurgens, the center they drafted last yep. year in the second round, will be around for a while. Uh, so you, you have three positions there locked down with guys that they like. Um, then you mentioned right tackle, and then we don't really know what's going to happen at guard, losing Isaac Sayamalu. Uh, this year, so they could use somebody that could plug in to that guard spot and maybe later swing out to tackle. Um, but we're going to learn a lot from how who they pick at 10. Like, if it's an off-the-wall yeah. pick, if it is a B. John Robinson that, like, you don't see coming from Howie Roseman, this pick will be moved without without a doubt. Like, no question about it. Um, if they go Jalen Carter slips to 10 or Nolan Smith or whoever else, if they go – Linemen at 10, I think they're staying at 30 and just doubling down. So I, I think we're going to know a lot whether they're viewing this as kind of a luxury. We have a really good team. Uh, let's take a swing on a guy and then use 30 to recoup assets. Or if it's like keep building because we just signed Jalen Hurts to a five-year, $255 million contract. And that's, and that's something that we'll touch on in our off-season office episode coming later this week. You know, we just wanted to focus on the draft here. But we all assumed, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback of the Eagles. So it wasn't a surprise to us that, you know, he actually did get signed. But we'll go into the contract details at another episode later this week. But, I mean, when you look at who was signed by the Eagles, you know, they go – they re-sign Fletcher Cox, re-sign Brandon Graham. You know, those are your leaders. Go and get Contavious Street from the New Orleans Saints. And so they're they're really looking at and a lot of these are one year deals, right? Like Nicholas Morrow, linebacker, one year deal. Uh, Slay and Bradbury, three year deal, but you know, in a way that you can kind of get out of them if if you really need to. A Greedy Williams, Terrell Edmonds, one year deal. It's a lot of these type of players. It feels like, hey, we have enough in place here to make a run, but we don't want to get tied down by going overboard in the free agent draft. Uh, when we think we have our quarterback of the future now, let's just start again building through the the draft, getting pieces in place that we know is going to impact our team and what we do well, and then um, we can kind of bolster it with free agents for going forward. Well, I think if you look at any successful team in the NFL over the last like decade, it's all let's throw as many one year contracts out to guys with pedigree who have underperformed. Uh, and if we hit, if we sign seven guys and three of them hit, like that's a smash and we're back in the Super Bowl and we're the Chiefs, right? And we just keep signing new guys to one-year deals on defense. And if they overperform, then you pay them and they're they're a part of your team moving forward. And if you miss, like Howie Roseman last year with Kaiser White, uh, I wouldn't say it was a miss, but if it was, it was $1.3 million or whatever. That's mm-hmm. really kind of water off your back at uh, in the NFL. Like you're not sweating that at all. Guys get cut for more every day. Um I just like they build through the trenches, man, over and over and over again. So it just feels too. It just feels easy that that's kind of what they're doing, whether it's offense or defense. But selfishly, I think I want them to get exciting. I want the splash. Last year we got AJ Brown and Jordan Davis, and I was on the moon. I want that again. Yeah, and I, I do think. I mean, for me personally, I'll be extremely happy if one of these offensive line prospects falls, and the Eagles are able to go out get one of them, and really just have them learn from the best offensive line unit, and then they're immediately ready to get plug and placed and, and play. That would be exciting to me because I don't think, I don't think the Eagles like a few years ago for us, Tyson, it was, they're missing the sexy parts of the team, right? The, the yeah. skill position players, the wide receivers, the people who can kind of be a game breaker. That's in place. Now that's in place. Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, like you mentioned, I, I do think it, it, now it's it's time to just start building the important parts of the team, 
the trenches and making sure you're set up to the future. The one kind of weird angle here, Brad, is uh, Dallas Goddard is now the same age as Zach Ertz was uh, when Philadelphia took Dallas Goddard. Uh, after trading out of 32 and grabbing him super early in the second round, huge, deep tight end class here. Uh, if a Dalton Kincaid slides or if a Michael Mayer, if they like him, like I wouldn't be super shocked if that's how Roseman goes because that's another position that they just value, it seems, more than uh, most teams in the NFL, all but probably like three of them. Yeah, and I would say a Musgrove from Oregon State. You know, if he's right. somebody, I know he's getting a lot of love. Don't be shocked if they use a second, third-round pick on a Zach Coons. I mean, just a huge body, freak athlete guy. Seems like, we talked about this, like he doesn't quite really know how to play football yet. Well, you don't need it to him to yet. You know, you just need him to sit behind and, and impact when he fills in for Dallas Goddard when he comes off the field. So I like that. I, I think tight end is definitely somebody they may target in this year's draft as well. But uh, I think for this pick here at 30, you know, we both expect the Eagles to trade out of it. But if they don't, I think offensive line is the target, and I, and I would not be shocked either, Tyson, if maybe there is an edge rusher that they value late in this first round as well. Yeah, and I will say for all the teams, like 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, those are all teams that you could see wanting to take a running back. It's just kind of the way the class fell is that you don't really expect B. John Robinson to be available at those picks, and it seems really early for Jameer Gibbs, who probably can't carry a backfield himself. Um, so that was like a pipe dream at the beginning of the draft season for people like, Oh, Gibbs to the Cowboys at 26. And now like he's probably fifties, maybe mid thirties at best, probably. Yeah. I mean, if we're like, Oh man, I don't know if Bijan Robinson should go in the first round. Like there's no way in hell Jameer Gibbs should go in the no. first round. Right. That's no. just like the way the world works with the running backs nowadays. And I think Jameer Gibbs is a, like, he's going to be awesome for oh, whatever team great, picks him up dude. in the second round. Um, okay, let, let's close here. Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions here at 31. Uh, we, we know who their quarterback is. We know who their coach is. <laughs> He's the best QB. I, honestly, right now, it's the best coach going in Andy Reid. Like, we love Belichick. Andy Reid's success has been unmatched in recent years. I, I do think it's interesting when you look at what Veach is doing in the front office, like how they view this team, how they view how they want to continue to be successful. Like, they, they signed – Juju Smith-Schuster, gone in this offseason. Nicole Hardman said, that's fine, you can walk. Orlando Brown, who they traded for, they let him walk and go to the Bengals. Andrew Wiley, like somebody that they valued at, at tackle, you know, they let him walk too, didn't want to give him the same amount of money. And like you said already, on the defensive side, you know, a lot of these are one-year deals. A lot of these are just come in, come in be a mercenary for, for a year, have a plan, chance to play for a championship, and just kind of move on. You know, it's... um. I mean, they, they, they signed Juwan Taylor, four years, 80 million. Some people say, I don't know if he can be a left tackle. Well, it's easy when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and Andy Reid designing the plays. Like, it's, it's a nice thing to cover for you and cover your weaknesses. I do think, Tyson, and people may say this is crazy. People that say this is not. Richie James and Justin Watson were who they signed at wide receiver. I, I would not be shocked if Kansas City is looking for a wide receiver right here at 31. Yeah, it threw up a little bit there. That's <laughs> it's not great additions. But like the other part with the Chiefs that like doesn't have any actual bearing on what's going to happen. But these dudes haven't missed in like four years. It seems yeah. like every move they make and every contract they sign has just been like smashing. They're killing people. Uh, Trent McDuffie last year, everyone was like, I don't know if we want him, and now he's he started in a Super Bowl and played well. Um, 
what they're going to do here. I think it would make some sense to look at offensive line for, to find a tackle to pair with Taylor. Um, if he can't play left tackle, well, it turns out you need a right one too. So that's not exactly the worst news in the world. So maybe that's an Anton Harrison spot or somebody like that. But uh, I just I, – I think they figured out it's – not always best to go sexy, right? When they took Clyde edwards uh 32 at the behest of Patrick Mahomes, apparently calling and making the decision, which is just as bullshit. There's no way, <laughs> like he might've said it, but if they didn't like him, they would have taken him. Um, again, like wide receiver would be great, but does like Jordan Addison, a um, lot of smoke that Quentin Johnson is not like a first round receiver right now on people's boards. All it takes is one. That's the thing, right? He could be off the board on 30 teams, but if the Chiefs like him, uh, that's a guy to look at. Uh, just like, do they take him a, a Kelsey replacement? I doubt it. So I, I'm kind of looking at offensive line here for me, uh, for what they need, because they've shown quite the commitment uh, in the past couple of years to just retooling that thing every time something doesn't work. So Jawan Taylor is a big signing at left tackle. Joe Tooney, the left guard, Creed Humphrey, your centers. Good, good players. They, they, yeah. they were good last really year. Really good players. Here's on the right side, Trey Smith and Lucas Niang, your right guard and right tackle. I, I you know, kind of looking at that, that doesn't really scare you a bit. I, I mean, it was a good unit last, last year, like a really good unit. They were able to p- protect Patrick Mahomes. They were able to do whatever they needed to do, kind of setting that moving pocket that Andy Reid has kind of made it famous. But, I mean, I'm looking at the skill position players too, Tyson. MVS, Valdez Scantling, you know, that's your starting receiver. Kadarius Tony, I mean, he's just Mr. Glass. I mean, you know, we never know when he's going to get hurt. Like when he plays, he's like the new age Percy Harvin. Like he has impact, but you just <laughs> never know if he's going to be on the field. And then Sky Moore, you know, I, I really liked him coming out of college, but it was an ups and down, up and down rookie year for him. And he played his best football at the right time in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. But those are your three guys. And then you have an aging Travis Kelsey, which, you know, I say that I'm not even sure if that's even fair to him because the dude just doesn't seem like he's slowing down. But again, this this is just one of those things where like, do we just expect Patrick Mahomes to be Superman, lift up this kind of below average skill position core because that's that's what it does, that's what he can do, or do they want to go out and be like, oh, let's just get him some guys in this draft? I know we don't maybe don't have a first round grade on many of these wide receivers, but we think that that would impact our football team. Well, one name, Brad, and it's too early for him but just a guy that i've been kind of watching more and more that i'm starting to really like uh jonathan mingo the wide receiver from Ole miss uh like 6'2 220 big body guy he's gonna probably go uh second round if i kind of had to put my chips on it but i think he could be a really really good player in that system Uh, that's a sorry that's who i selfishly would like to see the chiefs end up with on their roster (laughs) because i think he could be electric i mean that dude was housing things in the sec that you know, you look at him and you think he has no business doing. Uh, no other good big receivers outside of Quentin Johnson. I'm using the term good loosely, right? It's relative to the class. It's, you're not drafting Megatron here, but uh, right. it's a group full of small guys. And so you're going to get a small guy to pair with your two small guys. Um, if you're the Chiefs, like that doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt, you know, somebody that I've seen rumored to potentially go here. I think that would be an overdraft. But again, it's all relative to what your team be needs. sick, though. It would be six, super fast. And <laughs> Veach has a track record, man. If there's somebody who, I mean, maybe Clyde Edwards Hilaire is like the only one that we're like, wow, they missed on that. And it's like, okay, one out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> he's, everything else has been a home run. He's got a ring. 
like quiet they missed on quiet and still got the boys some hardware yeah so it's it's been impressive with the kansas city chiefs have been able to do recently um well tyson that's that's the nfl draft dive that we've been doing man it's i'm excited for next week we're gonna have a ton of different angles to attack a lot of news that i'm sure we're recording earlier in the week on this that's going to be coming out later this week we'll compile that and bring it all to the front next week um, we're going to have a ton of like kind of angles if we want to attack any gambling specific stuff. I think trying to produce like what players go and what at this point in time is going to be difficult. We'll see if we can kind of find any rumors, find any information out there online, and then we'll do our best to kind of give out some valuable picks. But I'm excited for next week, man. It's just going to lead us right into the draft. I'm ready to go for it. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. Smoke scene, smoke screen season is now officially uh, in full effect, and that's my favorite part of the draft is kind of reading the tea leaves and figuring out like who's when people fall for stuff. It's hilarious to me. I love nothing more than being on the internet, right? When like Condoleezza Rice is going to be the coach of the Browns, and people are like, "Oh, oh my god!" Like stuff like that is my favorite because it really reveals how dumb like all of us are. Because there's blue check marks right that are just like hearing rumors now that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire to become a shaman and it's like shut yeah. up there's no way <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's it's definitely silly season that's for sure it's going to be awesome in the meantime we have a ton more con- content coming out this week NBA playoffs in full effect like we're going to have a ton of stuff as we're flipping the page to the NBA playoffs off-season office, obviously breaking down a ton of the different contracts that are going to be handed out, any news that's coming. If there's players moved before the NFL draft, we'll have you covered on that front. And then we'll just be getting you ready for the NFL draft as we get one, if we're one week away, basically, at this point, Tyson. So like, subscribe, and share the show just so you don't miss anything, whether you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're listening to us on podcast form. We really appreciate the support. So make sure to tell a friend and make sure to tell somebody you don't like Anything that you do to share the show helps a ton and obviously connect with us on our social media pages, Instagram and TikTok are at underscore the roundtable pod underscore, or you can send us a tweet anytime at TRT underscore pod. We will be back later this week with a ton of more stuff for y'all until then. Peace. Thanks for listening to the roundtable. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Roundtable.